wisdom gathering in nature's classroom on nature's path. Um, my talk today is called This is the Moment. And I chose freedom because he, um, it was basically his turn. <laughs> and um, what I'm going to talk about is um, it's very difficult to stay in the moment and live in the moment, which is kind of the only moment we have if you do not have the freedom to be um, unhinged by your past and worried about the future. So that seems to be where we seem to live in our heads all the time is what happened in the past, which is dictating what's happening in the future. And today is not getting realized. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And so unless you have the freedom to choose and the freedom of the consciousness that it was given to us in this way um, that the animals don't have. I found this quote, I'm just gonna, I love this quote, it's Douglas Copeland and he says this, chrono canine envy. <laughs> so what it means is sadness experienced when one realized that unlike one's wolf or dog, one cannot live only in the present tense. As Kierkegaard said, life must be lived forward. Now, I, you can hear that as though that life needs to be lived, you know, in the, pres in the, in the uh, future. But I think what it means is that we have the consciousness because we have a developed, a highly developed cortex, which gives us, which gives us reason. So now there are incidences with our animals, and everyone has this. You just mentioned it to me earlier this morning, is that your dog got bit early on in life, and so was scared of other dogs the rest of its life. And we have issues like that as well. So dogs and wolves can live in the past. Freedom had a very terrible experience at the vet where I was not present, but it took us a year to be able to put a leash over his head again, uh, or his collar over his head again. And it was painstaking, and you know what I mean? It would to re-pattern that behavior for him in a safe way. And he still looks at it like, you know, there's a little moment, but he's learned that. We have the conscious mind and the awareness to go, that was then and this is now no matter how we feel about it, because we also have an amygdala. I always talk about the amygdala. <laughs> we have an amygdala, which is that part of our brain that when anything ever changes, it is a threat to us. It feels like a threat to us as though a bear is coming into your living room, even though the change could be good or bad. Your amygdala uh, responds to change as though something has come into your house and it's going to eat you, and that's your emotional response. But along with the amygdala and those triggers that you get because of the amygdala, you still have the main part of your brain, the largest part of your brain, is your cerebral cortex, and we have a reason. So we are able to live in the moment and figure out what is a danger and what isn't, past and beyond the way we feel about it. And if you have a spiritual practice, I find that that's the thing I am concentrated on and building and working on all the time, that that's the task. Because we have been raised to, and we have been conditioned to worry about the future because of what's happened in the past. 
And so every single decision we end up making is on some level of triggers or emotional ability. And it happens with joy too. I'm going to make this decision because the last time I did this, there was ecstasy behind it. So those are the good times, you know, but the ones that we struggle through, the ones that you need to be aware of, the ones that cause us fear of living today in the moment and being present for each other. That's what gets in the way. So I'm going to talk about that today and the freedom we have to choose. Leo Tolstoy says, remember then, there's only one time that is important now. It is the most important time because it is the only time when we have any power. You guys get that, right? I have no power to change the past. I can correct things today that happened then, but I cannot change that. And I have no idea what the future is going to be. I don't know what's going to happen in an hour. I thought I could start on time today. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You don't know what's going to plug in to the future. And then that's the, we don't have power over that in that kind of way. So before we get any further into it, let's just relax in our chairs. I'm going to sing our um, opening meditative song, Hands of Grace by Jack Fowler. Oh. Let the chair hold you. You don't have to hold on to yourself. Mother Earth has a chair. You can't fall. what I know. I know that no matter what you call it or whatever it is for you, I know that there is a creative force that there, and that it is intelligence and that we are made and every single thing seen and unseen is made of this stuff and that we are part of a oneness of the universe. And so far we have discovered nothing that is evidence to the contrary of that. Down to the marrow of our bones and our DNA, we are made of this earth and every other living thing. And so there is a perfect, whole, complete design. You are mathematically correct in every single way as a human being. 
you are as tall as you are wide and into more and more detail I could go. But if that is true, then your whole self was made perfectly to individually express yourself as this creation, not like anybody else, and nobody else in all of space and time can express life and bring to this world and bring into this creative life than you. Nobody can do it better than you, and nobody can do anything like what you can do. We are that special. We matter that much. The ripple of our DNA affects generations in the past and generations in the future. And that is just a given. So I claim for each one of you that your heart's desire is telling you the inner wisdom of you, that wolf wisdom, that wisdom of the moment, that wild wisdom, the freedom within you is telling you every single moment that there is a divine purpose that you're here to perform and go out and live. And that you can get in touch with that and take a step in that direction and take another step in that direction. Despite appearances to the contrary, this is a universal principle and it is a universal truth. I know it in my bones. I know it for myself and I know it for you. And I am grateful for this knowledge because it keeps me sane. <laughs> and so I am grateful for everything that has come my way in the past right here in this moment and into the future. And I release these words knowing that there is truth to them. I know that they're held in the hands of grace. I am, you are, and all of our relations, as the Native Americans say, all living things, seen and unseen, are held and being processed and creativity is flowing through each and every moment. And I say, and so it is. Aho is what the Native Americans say. Amen means so be it. And namaste, which is the God in me, sees the God in you, and together we are one. Albert Einstein says, people like us who believe in physics know that the distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion. With that said, we have someone singing for to us today. Her name is Tara Louise. Yay! Come on up. <laughs> She's going to sing a song called Never Enough, which is actually going to speak for itself in the, the line of this talk and inspired. This talk was inspired by these songs. Anyway, this is a song called Never Enough by Lauren Allred. So welcome. Thank you. <clears throat> Hope you enjoy. Trying to hold my breath Let it stay this way Can't let this moment end You set off on dreaming me Getting louder now I can't hear it echoing Take my hand 
Will you share this with me? Cause darling, without you All the shine of a thousand spotlights All the stars we fill the night sky Will never be enough Never be enough Towers of gold are still too little These hands could hold the world But it'll never be enough Never be enough for me Never, never Never, never Never for me to have you some fresh talent it's really great <laughs> Eckhart Tolle says this if you get the inside right the outside will fall into place <sighs> I say this all the time though then we want to work on the inside so much Right, you know, if you've been ever like me and you read every book and you just kind of, then you start working on the inside. Instead of just listening to the inside. The inside already knows. The inner wisdom is already present. You know that thing where you want to just work and work and work and work. And then it just feels exhausting and then that's why you want to give up on any spiritual practice or you then go back to your old ways. It's because you're trying to work on yourself so hard and you just end up, you know, what I call spiritual shaming yourself. Right? So if you're not getting it right away or you don't see the outside world kind of expressing itself the way you think you've been working on so hard, right? And then you take it personally and then you spiritually shame yourself by taking on another program. 
<laughs> if you look at um, the internet or you look at Facebook these days, including me, there's somebody out there who's saying, I have the answer for you. Just listen to here and sign up for this workshop and pay me and I will tell you and you'll work on this and then your whole life will change. And I've taken those workshops and they're very, very, very positive. But as long as you understand that it's not coming from outside of you and it's not actually coming from them even. The wisdom that you need is already present. We've just learned not to trust it. Like freedom, not being able to put on the collar. Do you know what I mean? It's a lack of trust. We've let ourselves down so many times that it's hard to believe in ourselves anymore. And that that's where, personally, I get stuck. And I see my friends getting stuck. Do you know what I mean? One more time, I messed up. And then you go after yourself on that. And it's just so demoralizing and so degrading, you know? And you end up treating yourself. You don't need anybody, an outside force, beating you up anymore because you're really good at it already on your own. And I say it because it, it just further adds blame to the fact that there's something wrong with you, and then if there's something wrong with you, then that gives you some kind of measurement, you know, a measuring stick on by where you measure your self-worth on that. And then where do you go from there? Where do you go from there? So here's the truth, and I'll read it in this way. This is a long page, but I love the quote, and we're going to talk about it. H.E. Davy says this, the, undis the undiscovered is not far away. It's not something to be found eventually. It is contained within what is right in front of us. The essence of reality is being born right now. It has never existed before. Reality is constant creation and destruction, and in this constant change is something unborn and undying, something that cannot be approached through the known or the past. It isn't seen through striving to become something based on ideals stemming from former experiences. It comes to that which is being, not striving. In this state of being in the moment, without the known, without knowing at all, with neither past nor future, in a space that is not filled with time, and in this space, the undiscovered and ever-changing moment exists, a moment containing all possibilities, the total of existence, absolute reality. Reality is now, and in the now, we can experience the true nature of the universe and the universal mind. So now this is a universal truth. You may not experience it all the time, or you may not know it, or you've known it in moments of time, but that does not change the idea that we know from physics. This is scientifically proven information. Reality is happening right now. I don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. And every thought we have creates the form that we're going to see. Do you guys know that? This is also a scientific principle. 
So how you're living in this moment, what you're saying in this moment, how you're treating yourself in this moment, how you're treating others in this moment, what you're thinking about is going to be in the future is all happening and being created in this moment now. And if you've ever studied anything about the left brain and the right brain, you know that the left brain can only hold up to five to nine new pieces of information at one time. Pretty limited, right? That's the conscious mind. That's the one that figures out math. That's the two plus two equals four. That's where language comes from. That's why words don't always come very easily when you're in a creative state. The right brain is processing, we don't even know how many billions of pieces of information at one time, like working my fingers to express myself right now, the vocal cords working, the sniffing in my nose, the growing of my hair, the billions of things that are happening because that part of your brain is working on that level. It just doesn't talk to us at the same time. <laughs> Do you hear them? Yeah. The true definition, Shannon Adler says, of mental illness is when the majority of your time is spent in the past or future, but rarely living in the realization of now. Doesn't it make you crazy? Are you exhausted? That's why you need yoga and meditation. <laughs> and special music, and service animals. <laughs> Do you know, because we're, this is affecting this, and we're sitting in the middle going, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. How do I get better? Nicholas Sparks says, if it's over, then don't let the past screw up the rest of your life. You know what's not over about that? And then uh, this is another way to spiritually shame yourself. Get over it. You get over it. <laughs> you know, that's always my response, right? Let it go. You let it go. <laughs> you cannot let go of the emotional pain and the scars that have been left on your psyche. That is also scientifically true as well. I cannot erase the scars that happened to freedom when he, whatever happened to him at the vet. That was too scary, right? I cannot alleviate that. It will always be in him. Just like every scar and every experience that has happened to you before I'm speaking at this moment. It is not gone. But it is not representative of what's happening today in this moment. And that's why you need to know, to go within, to sit for a second and go, what is this really about? Because how do you create a positive future off of a negative response from the past? And if you're in your head saying, this is just like that moment, this is just like that, my life is never going to change, this always happens to me, you know? This is an endless cycle and a pattern, and it is, by the way, because my emotional, fearful, amygdala response is to the past, not the present of what I can choose right now. And as scary as it sounds, you have to work through the fear to see the reality of the moment. PTSD is real. And I don't think it's just service members, the next service members, who experience it. 
people of violent crimes and people, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of held for people uh, that really got traumatized. Well, who isn't traumatized? <laughs> who isn't? Right? The Buddha says the secret of health for both mind and body is not to mourn for the past, worry about the future, or anticipate troubles, but to live in the present moment wisely and earnestly. And Stephen Levine says this, clearly all fear has an element of resistance and a leaning away from the moment. It's dynamic is not unlike that of a strong desire, except that fear leans backwards into the last safe moment while desire leans forward towards the next possibility of satisfaction. Each lacks presence. But which one do you want to create your future from? Right? The fear that's pulling you backwards and saying, well, I don't have the money to do this, so I won't be able to do it, so I'm going to have to choose something I hate instead. Right? Instead of, wow, that would be really great if I could get here and if I saved and I went to this place and then this could happen. Right? And then all possibilities are in existence in the future. So I had this moment um, Friday night where uh, you see the squirrels. <laughs> They're so cute. They're little babies um, running around the patio here. So I had this moment on Friday night where I got exasperated with the world. <laughs> I got exasperated what's happening in our country and how we're treating each other. And I just went to the, one of those places and I decided we're moving to Canada. <laughs> now, I think in a 12-step program, they call that a geographic. But <laughs> so, so here's what happened. I got so frustrated and so upset and so heartbroken that my fear of the future went, okay, where's a better place to live? As though, you know, moving to, you know, this very cold land up north <laughs> that seems magical to me, that it doesn't seem magical here. Does that make sense? Right? So I spent the night and then I spent the morning entertaining myself with real estate in Canada. And Paul's like, <laughs> Paul's like, we have to stay here. We have to, I go, I know, just let me indulge. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> right? So, of course, you know, I am just playing in my head and trying to relax myself. But it did, it put me in a mind, do you know what I mean, of greater possibilities, except that if I actually went to put this up for sale and pack up all our belongings and go get new permits to move the animals into Canada, like that's going to, you know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like happy trails. Paul's like, see ya, bye. Uh, <laughs> so reality set in. But I will tell you what it did for me is when I walked out my front door and I saw what we built. And I saw the roses that my husband can grow just by touching them. And you know what I mean? And I saw the accomplishments of what we have done and, and what we have created here and why we want to create it. It shifted. So it took overnight and it took a fantasy of Canada. 
<laughs> to get back to reality and want to live in the place where I live, right? I'm not telling you that my hurt and my disappointment about humanity and how we're treating each other in this country and what's going on with how much polarization there is and hatred between ourselves, you know, is, is happening. And um, when I talk about that, despite appearances to the contrary, my heart's desire is still to live on the planet and be the best human being I can be. And to share my heart and my knowledge you know, with other like-minded people and put that into my present and my future rather than, oh my gosh, we are so screwed, right? If I'm living in this moment of we are so screwed, guess what we're creating? Look what we're creating. Look what's happening. And it does have an impact because man's inhumanity to man is where we get most of our scars from the past that are affecting the future that keep us from being able to be happy now and in tomorrow, right? So it's an endless cycle when I say it's a pattern, it's a pattern, but the pattern is is that I am, I need to be mindful and go inside and know that we are made from love. that the creative energy that made that mountain and made those trees and made the bees and the flowers and the beings and our hearts and these children and these animals is special and magnificent. And that, that's who we are. So I have chills all the way down the back of my legs <laughs> because that's the present moment that I want to live in. I want to be thrilled by life and love and the world, right? That's where we want to be. And I can create that in my moment. So I'm going to go back to the first part of my talk is that that's what we have the power to do. We have the power to get the chills <laughs> now based on everything that we know is true. Not what could be, not what we think is going to be really awful, right? So the other thing is, then how do you prepare, right? <laughs> how do you prepare for the future in the moment and think you're living in the present, making the right decisions that are not based on the past? And this is the, watch me, look at my dance. I'm actually literally dancing up here. <laughs> this is how it feels in your brain <laughs> in the momentum. It's like, you understand what I mean? It's like two steps back, two steps forward, over to the side, jump over here. And that's what it kind of feels like in your head when you're trying to make decisions. So for those of you who know us, we're building a park. We're on our way there moment to moment, right? And there's a lot of things you have to do in order to do that. Like, if I was to actually think about selling this property and moving to Canada, of course, I couldn't sell the property because Paul's not going with me. But <laughs> just what it took to get here, right? So we had this dream of, you know, raising a pack of wolves and helping them show to the public. So you just go get a wolf, right? You have to have a permit. You have to have the land that, that, you know, there's plans 
involved. You have to have the USDA in your life. You have to have animal control in your life. You have to have fish and game in your life. You have to have the County of Los Angeles permit process in your life. <laughs> and all of that takes planning. All of that takes an idea. All of that takes a vision. And then you've got the how to pay for it. You know, part of it as well. So, you know, how do you not get overwhelmed by what has to happen in order to go after this part of it. Believe me, I got talked out of it really quick when you have to go through the same hoops in Canada as you do here. It's not like I can just cross the border with 10 wolves and they go, hi, welcome. <laughs> Happy to have you. <laughs> so, that's where your heart's desire comes in. That's where the vision of that future in this moment gives you the chills and you go, oh, okay. Right? Instead of really, I'm going to have to deal with the county and pay for this permit and then I gotta, I'm just going to stick under the radar and hopefully I don't get caught. Right? You know what living under the radar feels like? Oh. Talk about torture. Talk about torture. Because the whole time you're in fear of getting caught. So guess what happened? Eventually. You get caught. And even if you don't get caught by the authorities, you get caught karmically. Especially because you have to live every single day is we're going to get caught. <laughs> you have to lay your head on your pillow every single night. I'm going to get caught. We're going to get caught. It's just a matter of time. Oh, it's a horrible way to live. It's a horrible way to live. Eckhart Tolle, by the way, he wrote the, the book, the very, very um, powerful book, The Power of Now. So I have a lot of quotes from him. In fact, the next page of quotes is him. Huh? <sighs> Unease, anxiety, tension, stress, worry, all forms of fear caused by too much future and not enough presence. Guilt, regret, resentment, grievances, sadness, bitterness, and all forms of non-forgiveness are caused by too much past and not enough presence. I hear the moans and groans out there. <laughs> and you heard the tone of my voice as I read it, right? Do we know this or what? I wish this was not in my bones, but it is. It's why I'm here. It's why you're here, hopefully, that there's another answer and another way to live. Nothing has happened in the past. It happened in the now. Nothing will ever happen in the future. It will happen in the now. That's Eckhart Tolle. Isn't that amazing? It, when the past happened, it happened then. In that now. The future's going to happen in that now. I don't know what that is. I can only hope that it's part of the plan. Right? And if it isn't, I have to just get back on track and make that part of the plan. But if I'm in today going, there's no way this is going to work. Guess what I get? There's no way we can afford this. Guess what? 
And so it is. And so it is. Every thought you have that sounds like that. And so it is. That's what you're imprinting into your intention for the future. I do know that too. It makes me mad. I wish it wasn't that way. I would love if fate were true, right? And no matter what I do today, it's going to be beautiful tomorrow. <laughs> because it's been fated to be so. But that's not true. We have free will and we have personal responsibility. And we can and do have the power over what we're thinking and what we're saying and how we're engaging and what kind of people we are resonating with and colluding with and in companionship with and in partnership with. The primary cause of unhappiness is never the situation, but the thought about it. This sucks, right? Because of the way I was raised, you have no idea, and I'm just going to share with you what starting 10 minutes late this morning did to me that I had to process myself through. How many times did I apologize to you? Right? This is 10 minutes late. Can you imagine if something was major, that it was a life and death, and how I would be treating myself, right? And the shame that brings the hair that stands up on the back of your neck, you know what I mean? That people are watching you fail. I am not alone in that. I'm not alone in that way of living through the world and doing something wrong or not getting it right in that moment, right? Is anybody suffering from the fact that we started 10 minutes late? No. Right? We are so sensitive. We are so sensitive. I saw this quote, and it's not here, but you know that they tell you if you speak very gently in the energy that you use around plants and how you treat them, they will grow based on the energy you give them. You know? Imagine if we talk nice to each other. <laughs> right? And didn't think the worst of each other before we thought the best of each other, which we don't, even on the freeway. I'm sorry, I get on the freeway and I'm counting the people who I'm going to say, really? Please, seriously, you're not going to let me over now? Do you know what I mean? You approach driving already with negative thoughts about humanity. It's true. It's true. We know what they call the 405. You know, nobody gets on the 405 without some kind of anxiety. <laughs> Already what you think you're going to encounter, the stupid out there, right? How, about, how long are you in your car? An hour and a half of your stomach being completely wrenched because you know that you're going to run into crazy drivers who need to get real, right? God, I have nothing on the traffic, right? Ha <laughs> ha. My point, though, is why punish yourself so much? Turn on my podcast <laughs> and get through it. Or turn on something, do you know what I mean? To get through it so that you don't end up 
going to a job interview or arriving at your job or meeting your family at LAX, you know, with all of that. So that you can't even, just get in the car, get the luggage in there. <laughs> I can't stay in this traffic. I hate LAX. Get in, happy to see you. Welcome to LA. <laughs> Embracing a loved one. You're embracing a loved one with Los Angeles anxiety, right? And depending on where you're from, I'm sure you, there's a version of that in there. Eckhart Tolle also says this see if you can catch yourself complaining in either speech or thought about a situation you find yourself in, what other people say or do, your surroundings, your life situation, even the weather. To complain is always non-acceptance of what is. It invariably carries an unconscious negative charge. When you complain, you make yourself into a victim. When you speak out, you are in the power. So change the situation by taking action or speaking out if necessary or possible. Leave the situation or accept it. All else is madness. You have a choice to complain about the traffic or turn on Buck. You know? You get a choice. Or country western, which is my choice, you know? <laughs> let, the, let the lyrics of the, you know, the country western music have the angst, right? <laughs> and relate to it. Do you know? But give yourself some joy in these situations, these daily things trials and these daily events and these daily tasks that you have to go through. I could complain about this wind except that the Native Americans have taught me that this carries and washes things away. The wind is an element of the earth. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, you know, it, it feels hard sometimes just to be out in it, but I'm in here and it's safe and I'm watching the wind just blow things around. Mix it all up. Get rid of it. There are prayer ties and prayer flags on our medicine wheel and it's getting blown by the wind. One of the workers here took a video of a squirrel trying to steal the white flag. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or it was just having fun. But it grabbed the white flag and it pulled it all the way down and it's twisting and turning and trying to bite it off and take it with it as it goes. Do you know? There's a prayer attached to that. Don't tell me that's not something to just take joy in and watch. As much as people hate the squirrels and the wildlife for eating their roses, Paul and I looked at it out at six little babies doing, you know, doing... Um, Circus tricks like, you know, Cirque du Soleil on the rose bush with each other. <laughs> you know, climbing up, falling down, twisting around, having a blast. Just watching, you know, how baby squirrels play and get through the day. Those are the kind of things that we stop doing. We stop doing this 
playful, physical activity with each other. Do you know what I mean? Because we're so stressed and so scared and so distrustful and so heartbroken. You know? Where there is anger, there is always pain underneath. That's also a psychological fact. And so what do you do with your anger? Well, if you know there's pain attached to it, then maybe you just need to look at the pain and nurture yourself a little better and a little more in that moment. Do you know what I mean? The anger is probably being triggered from a pain of the past, a scar of the past, you know, a trauma of the past, or a hurt from the past. And as soon as anger flares up on that level, it's not like you want to deny your anger. Your anger is real. It is also justified, probably. I felt justified Friday night when I wanted to leave the U.S. You know, there's plenty to be angry about. But if I tell the truth, the anger is coming from people hurting each other. And saying some people are worth more than others. And that's how I grew up. That's what I was told. I was raised to believe it. So of course my anger is going to get up. The Canada isn't the answer. <laughs> Nothing against Canada. <laughs> but the pain is here. The place I need to go and retreat to is here. This is where I'm going to find the comfort and the love and the humanity that I need. Right here. And until I do and recognize that and am nice to that, I cannot be nice to you. I cannot be nice to you. Because if I see your anger, it's going to trigger my pain, and then it's going to trigger my anger, and then I'm going to say something back, and then you're going to get even worse triggered of your pain, and then you're going to get angrier and angrier, and so am I, and then it's going to lead to something that is irrevocable. When you can go, you know what, I think I'm going to go talk to the mountain, because the mountain can handle it, right? You go find a tree and you go, forgive me, but I really need to vent. <laughs> sucks in carbon dioxide, it can suck in my pain, right? Tell the tree before you say something you can never take back and cause more pain. Go tell it to the mountain. Stand over there. That mountain can handle it. I hate to do this to you, but <laughs> what's happening here? I'm mad as hell and I can't take it anymore. Get it out of your body but not into someone else's. Unfortunately, that we have been raised and conditioned to do. And then we wonder why we find ourselves in this state. Do you know what I mean? Soledad O'Brien says, I've learned that fear limits you and your vision. It serves as blinders to what may be just a few steps down the road for you. The journey is valuable, but believing in your talents, your abilities, and your self-worth can empower you to walk down an even brighter path, transforming fear into freedom. How great is that? <laughs> I think that's amazing. 
but I am running out of time, so I have a whole page here, and I'm going to skip it. But let me just look at it and see if there's anything that I need. Very good. I will say this. Michael Beckwith says, pain pushes until vision pulls. Isn't that good? Let your vision, let your heart's desire pull you in the direction of where you want to go for your divine purpose. So I'm going to call Tara back up. She's going to sing a Kelly Clarkson song called A Moment Like This. What if I told you it was all meant to be? Would you believe me? Would you agree? There's always that feeling we felt before. So tell me that you don't think I'm crazy when I tell you love has come here and now.
Wow, Tara, that was just amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm going to end with Eckhart Tolle. Your outer journey may contain, contain a million steps. Your inner journey only has one. The step you are taking right now. <laughs> so thank you for being present with me today. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Oh, for those of you who haven't been here before, and uh, please welcome, of course. Um, uh, but you might not know that we don't pass a basket or anything, but we do um, survive off of the generosity of strangers. So if you have a monetary donation that you want to share with us, you can do it online or you can actually have, there's some um, jars out here. You can leave whatever. It um, fills our heart and our coffers and it helps keep everything open and these guys fed. So we appreciate your generosity in advance. I say thank you. Um, if you want to hang out, please do. We have refreshments. We're going to go see the wolves as soon as we get kind of like settled in. Um, and then uh, just so you know, there's a burden basket out here. This burden basket, um, what we like you to do is if you have any burdens that got brought up by this talk, just write them down. You can do this at home too. Put it in this basket here that has the antlers on it, and then I burn it in a prayer later with tobacco. Tobacco is the most precious gift the um, Native Americans have. They don't offer or ask for anything without making that offering and giving that gratitude. They ask for something, they give something back. Um, there's also a joy jar if you want to um, fill out something that you're grateful for and put that into the future and then to the present and share your goodness and your joy and that energy with us. There's a jar out there. It's a Navajo jar with a black wolf painted on it. It has turquoise. And, um, so you can join us in that way too. Um, if you haven't joined our podcast or joined us on Facebook, please like and share and join and follow and listen and all of that stuff. You can find a link on the website and also on our Facebook page, Wolf Wisdom Gathering. So I end with a song called The Face of God. I got God bumps listening to Tara, like all the way around <laughs> with that song. But it goes this, like this, you are the face of God. I hold you in my heart. You are a part of me. You are the face of God.